Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Well, hello there. Howdy, how you doing? Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are. Thank you so much for joining us. Tuesday night. Tonight's recommended drink, ladies and gentlemen, cheap box wine. Something that you can stock up on and drink very slowly because it tastes awful. Tonight's recommended snack, generic no-name brand crackers. We're just crackers and wine here tonight. Wine and crackers. your host hopefully for the next couple of hours or so we'll see how we go thank you so much for joining us thank you for sharing the show out if you did if you didn't that's okay too i understand completely i wouldn't share it out if i were you definitely not not unless you want to become very unpopular very quickly (laughs) i'm not not gonna i'm not gonna reveal any names here uh the person who i'm referring to knows who they are i got a dm just before the show and you know, a while ago I said, you know, if you start saying some of the things that you see on this show, if you start telling other people about some of the things that you see on this show, you know, some of the things that governments are doing, some of the things that politicians are doing, some of the things that they're saying, some of the things that companies are doing while the politicians applaud them, etc., uh, you will become less popular with your friends, <laughs> your online friends. You will you will start being shunned by various online communities <laughs> and. I got a DM just before the show and said, it's it's happening. <laughs> and they sent me a screenshot of someone slapped. Someone literally wrote, um, you know, nobody said you're not allowed to question things, but you should be more loyal or something like that. And then literally wrote in the tweet, slap, 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 like a mother would slap a disobedient child and then blocked. <laughs> so it's like, I, I told you, I told you. This is not the kind of program that you want to promote if you want to remain uh, popular with various internet clicks. I'm sorry to say, but hey, that's the way it goes. So thank you for joining us. And to the person I'm referring to, I I very much laughed. I enjoyed that. So I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry that your patronage of this program has left you less popular than, than you were yesterday. But there's the breaks. That's okay. You'll always have a home here unless until the day, of course, when I say something that you really dislike and then you'll disown me as well. <laughs> you'll say slap, slap, slap. What the fuck is this shit? Why was I listening to this stuff? Spurg's gonna Spurg. JJ Stoner, thank you for joining us. Follow JJ Stoner, by the way. DLive.tv slash JJ Stoner. Um, I've been missing the last couple of shows, man, because my work lately is kind of shitty. It's kind of crazy. So I'm having to start earlier, finish earlier. 
Um, so I'm trying to get some sleep in between, but I will catch up on the replay. I saw the first like 10 minutes of it before I went live. Hate missing Tardpocalypse Tuesdays on the JJ Stoner channel, ladies and gentlemen. So do yourself a fa- uh, favor, follow JJ, dlive.tv slash JJ Stoner. Uh, myself and the great JJ Stoner will be together on Friday night around 6 p.m. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know what I'm going to bring. I'll have to come up with something. I'll have to cook something up to bring to the JJ Stoner program. Um, I'm thinking about like, you know, because we do different kinds of uh, different kinds of shows, but there is a little bit of overlap there. Every now and then, uh, I like to dip into things such as you know, adults who wear nappies, baby, uh, adult babies. I like to dip into plastic surgeries gone wrong because I really do love seeing narcissistic, self-absorbed freaks get butchered on the operating table. It's just one of my things. <laughs> I think it's like universal justice. So I'll have to investigate. I'll have to find something special, a special little treat to bring to JJ. It's, it's kind of like bringing a bottle of wine when you get invited over for dinner. It's like, well, here is a sick uh, pathological liar who's getting their face butchered by a plastic surgeon who cares only about money. Well, thank you for coming for dinner. Thank you for the invitation. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that Saturday night. JJ's place should be good. So follow JJ Stoner, dlive.tv slash JJ Stoner. Uh, Give me in the chat. You all seem to be on the same page. Pretty much, pretty much, pretty much. We would have been more on the same page had you have got me about 10 years ago. Because back then, even though I was um, a lot more angry and a lot more ranty, I was smoking a lot more marijuana. <laughs> so we would have been on the same page a little more back then, but that's okay. I've got the chill. And that brings us to our topic tonight. Sick of the negativity, man. It's time to be positive. You know, People often say that I'm too pessimistic. People say that I'm too dark. I'm not looking for positives enough well tonight we're going to change all that tonight we're going to change direction and i want to bring you some hope i want to bring you some optimism tonight and to be fair on this show we've touched on the police state the encroachment of government the encroachment of corporations prying into your private life the evaporation of the concept of privacy we've touched on the surveillance state all taking place while apparently there's a pandemic that is befouling civil society. So nobody's really putting the case forward that this is preferable to what we had before. Really, if you think about it, no one's really taking time out of their day to say why this is a good thing and why we should want it. (laughs) Maybe there's an argument there. And I pride myself on being able to find arguments where other people would dare not argue so that's what i'm going to do we're going to look for the positives of the police state tonight because i don't want you to lose any more friends i don't want i don't want you to lose popularity in the internet clicks i don't want you to lose clout in the maga community so let's let's find some good vibes out of out of this shit show shall we should be good uh, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show ladies and gentlemen patreon.com slash boogie bumper become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player and of course if you would like to tell me that i'm a positive outgoing friendly guy then you can do so by following me on twitter at boogie bumper ladies and gentlemen as always so much to get through in so little time 
Let's kick it off with something that we touched on yesterday, ladies and gentlemen. This is from the New York Times. Look, people give the New York Times a lot of shit and nobody criticizes the New York Times more than I do. I mean, if you've seen me on Trust and Verify on this show, I have given the New York Times um, some ruthless backhanders over the years. But to be fair, when it comes to things of this nature, they are often on the money. I don't know, you know who the department is at the New York Times who takes care of the privacy stuff, but unfortunately, often they get the problem right, but they get the cause wrong, if you know what I mean. You know, like they're against facial recognition software being used by the police, but not because of the privacy aspect, but because of the racism aspect, right? because they think it makes racial profiling easier. That's why they're against it. They don't care about the privacy. They care about the racism. So misdiagnosing the issue, even though they get the symptom correct. As coronavirus surveillance escalates, and uh, something else we're going to do tonight, we're going to go around the world. Well, the countries that matter. We're going to go to the UK. We're going to go to Australia. We're going to go to the United States of America. And we're going to take a little bit of each. We're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to look at a little, few little examples from each of the three countries that matter and show you what's happening in these countries right now as we speak outside of, you know, JFK coming back to Earth or whatever. Let's see what's happening on the ground right now and we'll analyse it for what it is. And that is a good thing. It's a good thing. As coronavirus surveillance escalates, personal privacy plummets. Who needs privacy anyway? What, what were you doing with your privacy? Genuine question. Who needs privacy? What were you using your privacy for? What, have you got something to hide? Some kind of terrorist or something? I, I bet you are. But even if you're not some kind of a terrorist, what were you using your privacy for? What, were you sitting around your filthy apartment eating uber chicken and masturbating like pff, you don't need privacy you were wasting it anyway you may as well give it to somebody else and that somebody else would be the government tracking entire populations to combat the pandemic now could open the doors to more invasive forms of government snooping later no that's not true the government government would never use a current crisis in order to uh, extend their reach into other parts of the world. Exactly. Henry St. George Tucker Bumper. Exactly. Only people that are up to something need privacy. <laughs> Rocket America, thanks for joining us. In South Korea, government agencies are harnessing surveillance camera footage, smartphone location data, and credit card purchase records, yes, to help trace the recent movements of coronavirus patients and establish virus transmission chains in other words they're looking at your smart where you are on the smartphone and they're looking at your credit card purchases like what you're buying at the store in order to determine whether or not you're somebody who should be quarantined and then they're tracking your movements to see they will match up those that those data points with the data points of other people to see if you're you're being in contact with other people who are spreading the virus around Thank God the government's looking out for you. Thank God. They care, ladies and gentlemen. That can never happen here. Thank you, Lou Frigno. Exactly. That'll never happen here. In Lombardy, Italy, 
The authorities are analysing location data transmitted by citizens' mobile phones to determine how many people are obeying a government lockdown order and the typical distances they move every day. About 40% are moving around too much, an official recently said. Too much movement. Just stay calm. Just remain calm. Stay in your home or domicile. Do not leave. Please, we ask that you observe these guidelines. And just to be safe, the entirety of the government apparatus will be invading your personal privacy to make sure that you observe the guidelines, which are just guidelines and not laws. (laughs) You didn't need... Don't you feel safer knowing that there's somebody from the government is sitting behind a desk looking at a computer going, hey, this boogie bumper guy has gone like five kilometres today. What the hell does he need to go anywhere for anyway? Lucifer Sam, thanks for joining us. I want a job in pre-crime. I think it's going to be the growing industry after this, don't you? Maybe we'll all work in pre-crime. The only options will be you either get a job in pre-crime or you become a (laughs) pre-criminal. You're either with us or against us. In Israel, the country's internal security agency is poised to start using a cache of mobile phone location data originally intended for counter-terrorism operations, got to get those terrorists, to try and pinpoint citizens who may have been exposed to the virus. As countries around the world race to contain the pandemic, many are deploying digital surveillance tools as a means to exert social control. This is very reassuring. even turning security agency technologies on their own civilians. You don't say. Well, I mean, if we've got all of this spy stuff, if we've got all of these tools, all of these gadgets and all of these toys to surveil people, why not use them on our own citizens, right? I mean, you've got to use it for something. What good is a gun if you don't shoot people with it? What good is a car if you don't drive it? What good is a surveillance state if you're not spying on people? Right. I mean, think of the positives here. Otherwise, we're basically throwing money away. You can't have that. I don't I don't want government to waste money, so if they're going to spend trillions of dollars on the surveillance state, they better well use it. Are you spying on me yet? Well, not yet. Well, why not? I paid for that spy spy equipment. I paid for that government apparatus. You better be using it on me. I need to get value for money. Otherwise, it just goes to waste. Exactly. (laughs) Even as the surveillance efforts threaten to alter the precarious balance between public safety and personal uh, privacy on a global scale. One world government, baby. Who said it's a bad thing? Might as well get our money's worth. Exactly. Yet ratcheting up surveillance to combat the pandemic now could permanently open the doors to more invasive forms of snooping later. It's a lesson Americans learned after the terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001, civil liberties experts say. Nearly two decades later, law enforcement agencies have access to high-powered surveillance systems like fine-grained location tracking and facial recognition, technologies that may be repurposed to further political agendas like anti-immigration policies. Well, we've spoken about this before. I mean... If the NSA is going to monitor people and uh, facial recognition cameras are going to be set up in every city, it may as well be used to stop immigrants coming in. I mean, if they're only using it for immigrants, then what's the problem? What, are you some kind of open borders freak? Are you some kind of communist? What the hell is wrong with you? I I mean, do you have some kind of, do you have some kind of resignation 
when it comes to the government wielding mass surveillance power in order to stop people crossing the border illegally, even though there's already laws against it that are enforceable? Are you, are you against that? Wow. What a freako you must be, man. Get with the program. Quote, we could easily end up in a situation where we empower local, state or federal government to take measures in response to this pandemic that, quote, fundamentally change the scope of American civil rights. Fundamentally change it. Because that's what we all want, right? Just change. Hope and change. You know, here on this program, we're a big advocate of hope and change. And one of the things that I think we've been neglecting when it comes to change is the definition of civil rights. I mean... For too long, people in the West have had this idea that, you know, they have something called freedom. That they should be allowed to, you know, go to the beach if they feel so inclined. That they should be allowed to have freedom of expression. They should be allowed to talk openly about issues relating to government and how they're policed and whatnot. But this, of course, was a myth all along. Rightfully so. Because... If you think about it, if you really trust your government and you really trust your leadership and you back the blue 100%, what do you even need freedom for? Am I wrong? The government's got your back. The government would never do anything to harm you. The police, why, they care about you. They would never infringe on any of your personal rights. They're only out to get the bad guys. Sure, the definition of bad guy might change. One day it's the guy stealing cars. Tomorrow it might be the guy who just wants to walk outside of his own home. But the main thing is, if you don't do nothing, there won't be nothing. So you can trust the government because the government's got your back. I'll, I'll see, see you in hell. hell. As an example, he pointed to a law enacted by New York State this month that gives Andrew Cuomo unlimited authority to rule by executive order during crises like pandemics and hurricanes. Not too many hurricanes in New York City, though, to be fair. This new boogie really gets it. Thank you, Irrational Time. Thank you so much for joining us. By the way, follow Irrational Times, irrational, uh, dlive.tv slash Irrational Times, because you know, this is all about coming together. We're looking for the positives. I'm sick of the negativity. Uh, this, law, this law, Andrew Cuomo, allows him to issue emergency response directives that could overrule any local regulations. Any local regulations. <laughs> because really, what good are regulations, though, if they can't be overruled at any time by any politician who grants themselves the right to do so? I mean, if you trust your leaders, what's the problem? What, are you saying that the governor of New York doesn't have your best interest at heart all the time? Why, you must be some kind of dissident. What, are you some kind of anarchist? Here on this show, we believe in law and order. And we believe in law and order being enforced harshly. Because, really, who needs freedom? Who needs freedom when you're being protected from stuff? Increased surveillance and health data disclosures have also drastically eroded people's ability to keep their health status private. Well, why should you keep your health status private? Especially in a time like this, when everybody's got the coronavirus. When there is a health crisis, ladies and gentlemen, I think we should start moving to 
complete, open and honest revelation of health data. Maybe even, you know those clipboards that you get in a hospital and it says what you're in the hospital for? Maybe we should all wear one of those around our neck. And it has, you know, the last 10 years of health history on the page. And that way, when you're practicing social distancing, um, if you want to know whether it's safe or not to get the cup of coffee from the cafe worker, if you want to know if it's safe or not to talk to somebody on the street, then you just have a quick look at their health data, have a quick look at their little printout, and then you can decide for yourself whether this is a person that you want to be associated with. I mean, think of all the lives we'll save. If everybody always knew everybody else's personal health records, <laughs> there'd be nothing to worry about. Would there? If we all knew what everybody else was suffering from, well, I think the world would be a far better place. This month, Australia's health minister, Australia, woo! Woo! Australia's health minister publicly chastised a doctor. Get this isn't frightening at all. This isn't concerning at all. <clears throat> I welcome our new authoritarian overlords. Australia's health minister publicly chastised a doctor whom she accused of treating patients while experiencing symptoms of the virus, essentially outing him by naming the small clinic in Victoria where he worked and a handful of other physicians. Name and shame. <clears throat> we love naming and shaming our professional health workers. <laughs> the health provider who tested positive for the coronavirus responded with a Facebook post saying the minister had incorrectly characterised his actions for political gain and demanded an apology. Quote, that could extend to anyone to suddenly have the status of your health blasted out to thousands or potentially millions of people. It's a very strange thing to do because in the alleged interest of public health, you are actually endangering people. Yes, but if the guy had have been honest and just said all of his health, if he had have just you know broadcast all of his personal health problems before the government was forced to do it in the name of safety, then there would be no issue. This is exactly why privacy is overrated. The fast pace of the pandemic, however, is prompting governments to put in place a patchwork of digital surveillance measures in the name of their own interests, with little international coordination on how appropriate or effective they are. Don't worry about appropriateness or effectiveness. Let's make the rules first. Didn't you hear? This is a crisis. Let's make the rules first and worry about the effects later. That's the way we like to respond to things here in the West. In fact, that's the responsible thing to do, really, if you think about it. Who's got time for testing? Who's got time for debate? Who's got time for discussion? If you trust your elected officials and you trust the government and you trust the police, why, you shouldn't have a say on what they do anyway. They're only looking out for your benefit. Only good things are going to happen. So may as well get used to the idea of people making up the rules as they go along, eliminating civil liberties and eliminating freedoms for your own protection so good things can happen later on. And if they don't happen, well, can you at least not say so? Because that would be very dangerous. We wouldn't want that. In hundreds of cities in China, the government is requiring citizens to use software on their phones that automatically classifies each person with a colour code 
red, yellow, or green, indicating the contagion risk. Oh, that sounds wonderful, doesn't it? <laughs> you know. Phones, <clears throat> I think it's very convenient that we can have these kinds of apps on our phones that classify each person with a contagion risk factor. But, you know, there's something to be said for the old-fashioned way of doing things. Why not just get people say, with a yellow, green, or red armband on. Because, you know, the older people, God bless them, sometimes they have trouble getting into their mobile phones. They don't really know how the apps work. So I think if we could just identify people with an armband, that way everyone can see it straight away and you'll know the people who you need to avoid on the street. If someone's coming up with you with a red armband then you know that you need to cross the street. Maybe we should probably put these people in specialised, localised communities as well. Here's an idea. What if we get all the people with red armbands, maybe even a yellow star, maybe, maybe only if they're very good at observing the rules, though. You only get gold stars if you're very good at observing the social control rules, I think, because there's got to be some kind of reward, right? So we'll get the people, we'll get a nice red armband, with a nice gold star for the people who follow the rules, and we will put them in very strictly controlled, localised communities, and then we'll track their movements with facial recognition cameras, uh, software on phones and whatnot, to make sure that they don't get out and spread their infection amongst the healthy people. Again, I don't see any problem with that. That's only, only positives can come out of that. Positive, positive tests. Huh? Huh? I mean, freedom's overrated. Who really needs it anyway? We've got to protect people here. We've got to keep society healthy. What are you, some kind of doomsday cultist? In Singapore, the Ministry of Health has posted information online about each coronavirus patient, often in stunning detail, including relationships to other patients. <laughs> Wow. Wow. I bet you thought the biggest fear that you had of somebody posting your online relationship status would be if a site like Ashley Madison was hacked. Guess again. Now the Singaporean government is going to tell the world how you had sex with that 18-year-old cheerleader. <laughs> and you caught the coof from her. <laughs> Who needs privacy anyway? Think of all of the applause that you'll get when you're eventually allowed to go back to the local bar once it reopens. Think of all the pats on the back you'll get from your friends when everybody knows about your extramarital affairs. Think of all the pats on the back you'll get from your friends when they know that you've been dogging that girl around the corner. They've all wanted her for so long. You'll be a superstar. They might even call you Steve McQueen. Winning TV, thank you for choice. Follow Winning TV, by the way, guys. DLive.tv slash Winning TV. Freedom isn't free. It costs 1200 bucks. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And uh, you know what? I don't think it's even worth that much. You want my freedom? Give me five bucks for it. I don't need freedom. I trust the government. I trust the politicians. I trust the police. I trust the patriots. So give me five bucks, you can have my freedom. I don't need that shit. 
Freedom's overrated. The idea is to warn individuals who may have crossed paths with them, as well as to alert the public of to potentially infected locations, ladies and gentlemen. On Friday, Singapore also introduced a smartphone app for citizens to help authorities locate people who may have been exposed to the virus. Good. Good. We want the people we want the authorities hunting down those infected folk. The app called Trace Together because <laughs> it's a t- we're a team, you see. It's me the citizen and you the government and we're working together to squash my individual freedom. <laughs> you do the squashing, I do the acceptance. That's the way it works. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. I'll see you in hell. In Mexico, after public health officials notified Uber about a passenger infected with the virus, the company suspended the accounts of two drivers who had given him rides, along with more than 200 passengers who had ridden with those drivers. In the United States, the White House recently spoke with Google, Facebook and other tech companies about potentially using aggregated location data captured from Americans' mobile phones for public health surveillance of the virus. Public health surveillance. We are surveilling the health of you. We're not surveilling you. We're not invading your privacy. We're only checking. It's a checkup. Let's call it the checkup state. Police state, surveillance state, these carry negative connotations that, quite frankly, we want to be, you know, we want to do away with that kind of negativity. We want to be positive here. AB positive. So how about we call it the Healthy Society Act? Thank you for the diamond winning TV. How about we call it the Healthy Society Freedom Act? Are you with me? Freedom in captivity. Let's call it the Freedom in Health Captivity Act. See? I should be writing copy for these people. Uh, By the way, if you are a member of the police state that is going to take over planet Earth, uh, just know that I'm not useless entirely, and I can be reprogrammed to do your bidding. I welcome our new author- authoritarian overlords. <laughs> Winning TV, calm boogie is freaking me out. Well, it shouldn't. It should be putting you at ease. Remember, we're looking for positives here. Several members of the Congress subsequently wrote an, a letter urging President Trump and Vice President Mike Pence to protect any virus-related data that companies collected from Americans. We've got to protect it. Well... Ladies and gentlemen, you'll be pleased to know we touched on this story just yesterday. Um, And again, if you trust, if you trust your elected officials, then you don't need privacy. If you trust your government, then you don't need freedom. The freedom will be doled out to you in small portions, enough for you to handle. You'll be allowed to go to the grocery store maybe once a week. I think that's probably good enough for most people. And your personal health data, well, I mean, that doesn't need to be protected at all. Everybody should be allowed to have access to that because it keeps everybody else safe. And if you trust the government, you trust the authorities, then what are you worried about? What, are you some kind of communist? Are you some kind of prepper conspiracy theorist, huh? I feel all warm and snuggled by my government protection in New York. Good, good. So you should. Google wants your data in exchange for a coronavirus test. With the blessing of both federal and state governments, Verily, which is a company created by Google, has set up a system where people must choose between sharing their health data with the company and, practically speaking, not getting a coronavirus test. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, hello there, citizen. You know, you've heard a lot of rumors recently about a pandemic going around called the coronavirus. And here at Google, we are very much acting in your best interest. We want to make sure that everybody gets tested. We want everybody to be tested so everybody can feel safe. Thank you for the diamond, UK Neil. Follow UK Neil on DLive, by the way. DLive.tv slash UK Neil. You know, here at Google, we have your best interests in heart, at heart, and we want you to be healthy, safe, and secure. So we have developed a program that will test you for the coronavirus. The only thing we ask in exchange for this test, in exchange for knowing whether you have this virus or not, is handing over the rights to all of your personal health information to us here at Google. <laughs> and hey, if you think that that's somehow a bad idea, well, I've got news for you. The government is in favour of it. And you can trust the government. You can trust you can trust your elected officials. You've got Microsoft, you've got Apple, you've got Google, and you've got Amazon. That's MAGA. Google is MAGA. You can hand over your health details to MAGA. We want everybody to make sure that their health history is in the hands of trained professionals like Google, because Google is MAGA. Who needs freedom when you've got the government and Google working together to keep you safe? Oh, wonderful. I'm feeling better about this already. Google's ability to, in essence, force users to consent to data collection may become more of a common tactic. I'll see you in hell. May become more of a common tactic for companies and governments as the coronavirus rolls on in their ongoing scramble to use technology to more effectively stop the pandemic. It's about keeping people safe. The hope of a return to some kind of normality after the lockdowns depends on the ability to trace and track cases and limit new outbreaks. In the coming months, people worldwide are going to be asked to trust that tech companies and governments have our best interests in mind when they collect our data and track our movements. <laughs> Do you trust big tech and the government working together? to make sure tracking your movements, going over your health history, to make sure that you aren't reinfecting people with the coronavirus? I know I do. You should absolutely feel safe and secure. You should absolutely be in favor of this. Only good things can happen. And there is absolutely nothing to worry about. Because if you trust the government, you may as well trust Google. Remember, Google is mega. You got Microsoft, you got Apple, you got Google and you got Amazon. That's Bago. So, trust the man, trust Google, trust the plan. Robots touted as answer for overwhelmed hospitals due to coronavirus. This looks like fun. Who Who isn't in favor of the robot revolution anyway? I'm so sick of human beings. You know, when so many human beings are eventually killed off by either virus or war or famine or the authorities, whatever it may be, I'm definitely looking forward to a world more populated with robots just to eliminate that last remaining skerrick of human-to-human -human experience that we've become so accustomed to over the millennia. 
Because if humanity is to evolve, I think it needs to evolve to a place where we have no concern and no empathy and no care for other human beings or their freedoms at all. I mean, it's a one-way trip. We all need to be in the same boat here. How do I, how do I fill out my about? Well, good question. We'll get to that. Those robots that could help frontline healthcare workers. Cruiser and his mates have been used in hospitals overseas and a program to disinfect wards and even take temperatures. Oh, Martin good. King caught up with Cruiser. Hi, Cruiser. Hi, Cruiser, please. Hi, Cruiser. Isn't he cute? Look at the little robot doctor. Isn't he cute? You know, robots often get... Robots. Doctors often get accused of being too robotic. I think this robot is too doctor-like, just to be fair. They could have – why do they always have to be, like, pure white? Why not dress him up with some rainbows, maybe a little bit of a pony or something on there? Anything, anything to make it more appealing, I think. Because just, just because it's a police state, just because it's a future world with no privacy and no freedom – and robots running our lives doesn't mean that we can't be at least put at ease by the whole idea. I mean, I'm doing my best. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Ooh. Nice to meet Elbows. you. Elbows. <laughs> Elbows, see? <laughs> Cruiser, how many languages do you speak? I can speak 26 languages. Good. Wow, that's Nick impressive. Huh? Doesn't get tired, doesn't get stressed, doesn't get sick, and he or she and the rest of the robot family are here to. He doesn't get happy, he doesn't get sad, he just runs programs. That's a little shout out to the short circuit fans out there. Help. He's just here to help, guys. <laughs> Cruiser is just here to help. <laughs> Already these human... That, if you're listening to the podcast, you couldn't see. Um, there was a robot cruising around on the street, <clears throat> spraying something in the air. I'm not, I don't know what it is. I assume it's some kind of life-saving gas with no toxins whatsoever that is for our benefit and our protection. So we need not ask questions because it's coming from the government. So there's no need to ask. There's no need to question the government. They know what's best for us and I trust them. So it's, it's wandering around on the street, minding its own business, spraying some kind of shit into the air, and it's saying to the population who are around it, uh, I am a robot, I'm looking after you, um, please don't come near me, I'm busy. <laughs> I mean, as long as it's got that government sticker on it, maybe a nice big picture of Donald Trump on the front. Call it the Magabot. Magabots cruising around the street, spraying people making sure nobody's breaking any rules, cameras on, then everybody will be in favour of it. I know I would. Artificial intelligence rope. As long as it's not made in China. Bots have been used inside and outside hospitals in nice. China. Good. To take ah, it's a Chinese idea. Well, then I'm, I'm on board. <laughs> They're made in China. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Magabots made in China. No disassemble. <laughs> Pressure off overwork healthcare staff. Yeah. They take temperatures, disinfect <clears throat> wards, yeah. and even disinfect themselves. They One disinfect the themselves? Humans can't disinfect themselves adequately. If they did, we wouldn't even be in this position in the first place. 
the quicker we start replacing humans with robots, I mean, the safer we'll be, right? One robots that we have is to gauge and measure body temperatures really quickly in the... In the can you can you gauge my temperature now, baby? Mm-mm-mm. Can your can your robot sense how hot I'm getting right now? Yeah, yeah, you can. You see it, don't you? You see that little meter going off, huh? Ding, 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 ding. Let me put in the appropriate form for coitus because, as you all know, that kind of human to human contact should be forbidden in the future. We don't need that kind of shit. Uh, let me put in the form for coitus and we'll put in the application and then maybe in three or four years or so we can get together and sort this out, get this done. The chaotic situation. Natasha Hung is the Australian manager for UB Tech, hmm. the creators of Cruiser & Co. Cruiser. She says their work in China proved invaluable and here in Australia with Hi. the pandemic Please worsening, they'd allow overwhelmed hospital staff to do their jobs <clears throat> safely. Those medical staff are pressure. Yeah, you can't you can't grope the robot nurses' ass, can you? It's a very good point, Ben. Very good. What if we put a human ass on the robot? Work with me here, because you all know that we need robots to replace human beings as quickly as possible, because we trust the government, we trust the tech companies, and we absolutely trust AI. And let's be fair here: humans are kind of pathetic. We really are. We are the we are the problem more than anything else. The less humans, the better. Uh, the Earth would be a far better place if we weren't on it, obviously. So let's start replacing the humans with robots, lickety split. But if you want to keep some kind of authenticity, we can we can probably remove human asses from the women that we no longer need and strap them onto the back of the robots. So at least you get that fleshy feel. Because realism is important, I think. Some silicon cleavage, yes, that wouldn't go astray. I'm feeling better about this already. It is time that we really need <clears throat> them to do the... Kimmy says, hey, I'm human. That's nah, debatable. Critical job. We need them to be next... Are you really? ...to ICU bed. We need them to tend to those severe situation patients instead of situation measuring patient. body temperature and then get them infected. Cruiser, yep. I'm just a little bit confused because Cruiser is a bloke's name and oh. I thought you'd be a bloke. I'm whatever you want me to be. Oh, yeah, that's hot. I am whatever you want me to be. <laughs> Beautiful, isn't it? Give him a little thumbs up there, Cruiser. Well, I trust the government. I trust the, the tech companies. I trust AI. I definitely trust the robots. Yeah, what can go wrong? Who needs human beings making life and death decisions? Who needs human beings caring for other human beings? Why even care for human beings at all? Sounds like you're addicted to sounds like you're addicted to this idea of human individual liberty hmm and that could be problematic in the future so the sooner you get accustomed to the idea that robots will be replacing us the better off you'll be nothing can go wrong like i said we'll call the magabots we'll put trump's picture on the front there you go everyone's going to be in favor of it google as we all know google is maga
Uh, let's see what they're doing in China, which is the model for our future society, ladies and gentlemen. Just is over. At least that's what the Chinese authorities hope. Today, President Xi Jinping visited Wuhan, where the coronavirus was first detected. Yes. We're waiting. The worst is over. At least that's what the Chinese authorities hope. Didn't you hear that? The worst is over. The Chinese authorities told us the worst is over. Nothing can go wrong. Today, President Xi Jinping visited Wuhan, where the coronavirus was first detected mm. and where the number of new cases has dramatically declined. Dramatically Emergen declined. <laughs> dramatically. Dramatically. New cases have dramatically declined. Oh, good. You know, there's nothing to worry about. When a country like China quarantine 750 million of their own citizens and they turn up with 80,000 infections, you know they've done a good job. See hospitals are being decommissioned now. Oh, good. But physical contact is still discouraged. Mm. You all wear protective suits and masks, you will so I can't wear. see your real faces, but in my heart, you are the most lovely people. Therefore, on behalf of the Central Committee of the Communist Party of China, I would like to express my sincere condolences and pay high respect. It's reassuring that he's got army guys standing behind him in full fatigues, isn't it? <laughs> Again, this is something that we're going to have to get used to, ladies and gentlemen, in the future. Um, I trust the government. I trust the police state. I trust the authorities. We don't really need freedom. Uh, so get used to the idea of seeing more men in uniform wandering around your town, your city, knocking on your door, setting up roadblocks dragging you out of your home, checking your paperwork. Really, what have you got to worry about? If you trust the government, then there's nothing to be concerned about, right? Back to you. Patients are being discharged. According to the WHO, China's aggressive response has brought success. I love a good expressive uh, response. I can't wait until we start welding people in their own apartments too. <laughs> It'll be, it's going to be great work for the welders out there. You know, the mechanics have had nothing to do for the last two months because people aren't driving their cars. So we've got to get something for the panel shop guys to do. How about they start welding people in their own homes? Forcible lockdown. <coughs> An aggressive response is what we need. People and a restriction on social gathering as countrywide will be lifted. But what about the new surveillance techniques introduced ah, good. to yes. curb the spread? We need surveillance techniques. In Hangzhou, yep. to enter a tower block, you need to have your temperature taken and registered. <laughs> yeah. Don't you feel safer? Now stand in line. This is something that we need. I trust the government. I trust the authorities. Stand in line. We'll take your temperature. We'll take your relevant statistics. We'll write them down in this book here. And if the alarm goes off that says that you're a little hot today, we'll have one of the men in army uniforms drag you out the back door, throw you in a van and put you in enforced quarantine. What could possibly go wrong? Who needs freedom? I want safety. And you must have an app on your phone into ah. which you input your name, temperature, recent travel and ID number. Yes. The information generates a colour code. 
In Hangzhou, to go out of the community or to public activities, you need to have a green code. This green, yellow or red code is automatically decided through the system. It uses big data to decide whether you've been to affected districts or come into contact with those people. <laughs> I'd feel safer. How, why aren't we using this technology now already? I mean, we know that we're getting there. Because as you know, ladies and gentlemen, one of the first items we touched on today, Google wants your data in exchange for a coronavirus test. That's what we're talking about here. Maybe it won't be as confronting as the Chinese model, because let's be fair, we're not as based as the Chinese, I don't think. I think we're a little bit more sensitive. We're a little bit more of a soft touch. So if we weren't allowed outside without an app telling us, without an algorithm telling us if we're green coded or not, because wherever we go, we have to tell the government how far we've traveled, who we've spoken to, what our temperature is at any given time. <clears throat> so once we've done that, yes, Skynet decides for you. That's okay. You don't need a brain without, without freedom. You don't need brains. You don't need to figure out, you don't need to make your own decisions. When freedom dies, you can just relax and let the computer tell you what to do. I can't wait. I mean, I get headaches a lot because I think too much. You know. I don't need that shit. I don't need that kind of stress in my life. So, we're not as based as the Chinese. We're not as... Um, we're not as programmed to accept this kind of authoritarian rules. So, for us, it has to come with gift wrapping. So, you got Microsoft. You got Apple. You got Google. You got Amazon. So hand over all of your health data to Google. Google will then come up with an app and that will tell you where you can and can't go. Monica says, I'm convinced I'm in a coma and this is a nightmare. No. Would you like would you like to be in a coma? Because I'm sure that's something that can be arranged. For the people who aren't accepting of this new authoritarian future, in which there is no freedom, no free expression, no free movement, because you don't need it anyway. Um you know, I'm sure we can arrange some kind of coma situation for you. At least that's what we'll tell you because you trust the government. So make sure you lay down on the bed, uh, give us that nice juicy vein in your left arm. We'll hook the drip up and don't worry, you're just going to have a little sleep. Mummy, mummy, are they killing those people? No, no, they're just sleeping. They're just sleeping. Actually, it won't be your mummy. It'll be Cruiser the robot. Cruiser the robot will be standing next to you. Don't worry, they are just sleeping. You're next. I don't, I'm not sure if I want to do this or not. Shut the fuck up. Get on the bed. <clears throat> Should be wonderful. But what if you're well and get a red code anyway? Oh. This man question. says he's self-isolated while visiting Anhui province near Wuhan mm. and back home in Shanghai. But there's no way to challenge the technology. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you need to challenge it? <clears throat> Asking questions... That shows that you're not loyal. If you ask too many questions, it proves to me that you're not loyal to your elected officials. And what we really want here is loyalty. You know, I'm sick to death of these people who keep raising these concerns and raising these points that contradict what our elected officials are telling us is real. And those people, I don't think they should be heard. I think they should be slapped and blocked. We should eliminate those people from civil society, if nothing else.
you know, your elected officials are loyal to you. All we're asking is that you be a little loyal to them. Your elected officials love you and want to do the best thing for you. All we're asking for you to do is shut up and go along with it. Is that too hard? What the hell is your problem? His word against big data. Come on now. Exactly. Big data gets nothing wrong. <laughs> big data always gets everything right. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Leper, get out. All right, let's do a, let's do a little round the world trip, ladies and gentlemen. See what's happening in other parts of the world. Let's see how other parts of the world are falling in line with our new future, our new authoritarian future, which we welcome here on the Daily Boogie. Soon to become uh, the Daily Broadcast, soon to become the Daily Government, soon to become the Daily, soon to be the. UK Coronavirus Emergency Bill to become law in days. This was about five days ago. Beat me harder, big data. Oh, big data daddy. See, Kimmy's open to the idea of big data daddy. Ramming it long, hard, deep and thorough into her sense of privacy, into her private area. <laughs> big data giving it to you raw in your private space. It's fucking hot, isn't it? UK coronavirus emergency bill to become law in days. Law will enable police to detain people to protect public health. Yes, we are arresting you to protect public health and allow employees to leave jobs and volunteer in the NHS. You can leave your employer and come and work for the government. And if you don't, you can be arrested because we're protecting public health. The United Kingdom's Upper House of Parliament has approved emergency legislation designed to help the government tackle the coronavirus outbreak paving the way for the far-reaching bill to become law. Remember, this was about five days ago. So we're going to give you an updated version of this article. Wednesday's development, Kimmy says, I don't deserve privacy. I've been a bad girl. I've been a bad little girl. Wednesday's development paves the way for laws that create temporary powers across different areas, from giving police and immigration officers the ability to detain people to, quote, protect public health... <laughs> Having been approved by Parliament's elected lower house earlier this week, the bill now only requires the rubber stamp of royal assent before it becomes law. The fast-tracked 329-page emergency bill, which has faced little opposition, because remember, if you stand up and say something against one of these emergency laws, why, you must be some kind of disloyal traitor. You might be a fake MAGA. <laughs> You might be a fake patriot, a fakeriot. The opposition, <laughs> the opposition part, Labor Party's Lord Falconer of Thorington said he supported the powers. In normal times, it would be utterly unacceptable. These are not normal times. <laughs> I'm having a lot of fun lately asking people. If there wasn't a if there wasn't a pandemic, would you be in favour of arresting people on the street? And they say, oh, "Of course not." I'm like, "Oh, good. <laughs> Just thanks for letting me know where you're at." Now all I know now I know that all it takes for you to completely shit on established law and freedom is for somebody to get sick. That's that's reassuring. <laughs> As long as the emergency lasts and these powers, then these powers are necessary. They should be available to the government. <clears throat> well, this is a happy, this is a happy little 
article here, ladies and gentlemen, because now those emergency laws, which wouldn't be, which would be completely unacceptable un, under any other circumstance except the current one, apparently, they now they have now become law. So this is now the official law in the UK, and so it seems some dissident anarchist traitor types are having some concerns about this law. I don't know why. Do they not trust the government? Do they not trust the authorities? Why the hell don't you? Is there something wrong with you? UK police warned against overreach in the use of virus lockdown powers. Police chiefs are drawing up new guidance warning of forces not to overreach their lockdown enforcement powers after withering criticism of controversial tactics to stop the spread of coronavirus, The Guardian has learned. The intervention comes amid growing concern that some forces are going beyond their legal powers to stop the spread of COVID-19, with one issuing a summons to a household for shopping for non-essential items. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) So the police are watching your shopping trolley. The police have an eye on your shopping cart, ladies and gentlemen. And sure, toilet paper, pasta, rice, milk, meat, vegetables, these kinds of things, no problem. But if we see you sneaking a candy bar into your cart, then we're going to have to pay you a little visit. (laughs) That is a, I'm sorry, sir, that is a non-essential item. You have to show up in court. You, because you were out shopping for non-essential items, your ass now belongs to the state. And I couldn't be happier. For me, anything that makes the line shorter at the supermarket, I'm in favour of. I'm definitely in favour of that. <laughs> do you want to know another? Do you want to know another thing that the police have done in the UK? Another police. Uh, another. Uh, sorry, pardon me, another officer telling locals that exercise was limited to one hour a day. <laughs> That's like prison. It is like a society-wide prison yard. You know, even the guys in solitary confinement get one hour of yard time. <laughs> so why shouldn't uh, normal citizens who have broken no law also get the same privilege? It's a privilege, you know. Going outside, getting one hour of exercise time, that's a privilege. Do you want your privileges taken away? Well, no. You don't want your privileges taken away? Fine. Then don't buy non-essential items at the supermarket. Don't go outside when there's no reason to. You've got your one hour a day. What else do you need? Do you tr- don't you trust the government? Don't you trust the authorities? Don't be so fucking negative. <laughs> An hour a day, that's better than, you know, zero. Look for the upside. <laughs> great what could go wrong uh down here in australia ladies and gentlemen oh pardon me i wanted to show you this ladies and gentlemen uh this i'm a big fan of how the indians are dealing with the coronavirus crisis let's see what's happening in india casper simonson's near empty hotel has been his refuge for a week so essentially from what you can see there to this gate here. That's sort of uh, as much free reign as we get. The streets outside the hotel's gates in the South Indian city of Pondicherry are empty. 
Grocery stores and pharmacies are meant to stay open, but the Queenslander is afraid to go out. The lockdown is enforced very, very heavily by the police here. So Good. Good. there's been many reports of people getting caned and, and beaten with batons for breaking lockdown procedures. Good. Good. What's with these pesky peasants and their stupid ideas, their antiquated ideas of freedom and individual liberty and civil rights? Nothing a baton strike to the face won't fisk, uh, fix, if you ask me. You know, if I see somebody wandering about on the street and they have no real important reason to be there, I want the right squad to come down on them like a ton of bricks. Why, they might be on their way to the supermarket to purchase some non-essential items. Excuse me, are you exercising during your one hour allotted exercise yard time? Have you put your details into this app yet? Have you told the government what your temperature is today and where you've been? How much exercise you've had? Well, I'm afraid it's time for you to meet Mr. Beating Stick. Let's beat this man down in the gutter and give him a broken face. That'll learn him. It's wonderful. Um, so we have in the UK, the police are going around telling people that they're only allowed to exercise for one hour a day. You might think that that's not. You might think that that's not ideal. Well, we're looking for the bright side here. Uh, we've got the police summonsing families for buying non-essential items at the supermarket. You might think that there's some kind of problem with that because obviously you're some kind of anarchist traitor that doesn't trust the government. You're not loyal to your leaders like you should be. It's not a cold or anything. Um, just be loyal and shut up and don't question anything. Okay. Okay. You got you got that. Don't question anything. Don't ask questions. Don't raise concerns. Your job is to shut the hell up, retweet the memes, and be loyal. Okay? Just be loyal. Unquestionably. So while this is all taking place in the UK, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have to look at the upside. And the upside is, as we all know, human beings are a cancerous scourge upon, upon planet Earth. And we need to be able to, how can I say this? Remove ourselves from the equation. And then wonderful things happen. Exactly. Don't be unpatriotic. Patriotism is doing whatever the government tells you to do. That's the real, that's what a real patriot does. I'm sure you knew that already. You're all real patriots here. I know. So in Wales, ladies and gentlemen, the animals have now taken over the streets. <laughs> Nature is returning to its natural vibe. In Wales, ladies and gentlemen, the goats now run the town. They run the shit. There's no coronavirus curfew for our four-legged friends. Oh, no. No, no, no. These anarchist, traitorous goats are now running around running shit. Let's have a look. Because there's no humans out and about. Isn't it wonderful? Look at them. Just taking over the place. Ben K. Veritas says, but Boogie, we have a constitution, so it can't happen here, okay? Yes, you're right. Look at them. Aren't they gorgeous? Look at this. Who needs, who needs freedom to move about your own city when there are gorgeous horned beasts, hooved beasts, now taking over the town square? Think of all of the wonderful pictures we'll get. Think of all of the content.
Monica's saying we have God-given rights. Ooh. Sounds like dissident talk to me. Um, if you are one of our police state overlords, ladies and gentlemen uh, out there, Mr. Government, Boogie Bumper here reporting for duty, uh, if you are paying attention to this chat, if you could please just flag Monica as a potential dissident in the future. She she thinks she has this thing called rights. Rights? I don't even know what she's talking about, man. God-given rights? Who is God? Anyway, what is a God? I don't know. I've never heard of such a thing. I've never heard of such a, mo- uh, a notion. So please, if you could. Uh, oh, she's like, no, no, I read that somewhere. Oh, good. Nice save. Nice save, Monica. I would hate for you to be put in the gulags for your for this belief that you have in something something called God, which apparently gives you some kind of rights to do stuff. <laughs> That's just crazy talk. I am Monica's neighbor. There you go. <laughs> now, now shut the hell up about your rights. Shut the hell up about your freedom. Stop questioning the government and look at the pretty goats. <laughs> look at the cute little goaties. There are goats. Everywhere. Yep. Yay, goats. I can't go outside, but hey, look, goats, yay. Mm-mm. Look, they got horns and stuff. Yay. The goats are taking over the town. Yay. The reason that they're taking over the town is, of course, if you work for some company that it's your job to remove wild animals from social areas, well, you can't be outside anymore. (laughs) So it's like 12 monkeys now. The animals have inherited the earth. (laughs) 2020 is just going, 2020 is going exactly the way I thought it would. They're not two metres apart. They're not two metres apart. Excellent. There you go. The goat's taking over. So that's a positive. Um, I also found this positive because, as you all know, thank you for joining us. You're on the Daily Boogie, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, We're sick of the negativity. We're looking for the positives in our future world where we have no freedom. So I found another positive. This is from Down Under. So we've gone We're over to the UK (laughs) through the magic of the internet. (coughs) Pardon me. And now we're back down here, down here in little old Australia. Thank you for joining us. And here's some positive news for my Australian brothers and sisters. Since we're all trapped on this island now, nobody can leave. Nobody ever goes in and nobody ever comes out. Since we're all trapped here now on this island, um, how about some good, feel-good news for coming up for the Easter holidays? Easter holidays are just Petal around the corner. prices are starting to fall to levels we haven't seen in nearly a decade. Yay! Let's go live to Natalia Cooper, who's at Fairfield. For- cheap petrol, everyone. Woo! We got cheap petrol. Easter holidays are a big thing in Australia. Um, over the long weekend, it's probably the same where you are too, but... Uh, here in Australia, you know, families get together. They like to go on holidays... You know, either they go to the... I prefer going to the country. I like going to the green areas. I I, I can do without the beach, personally. It's too much sun and fun and sunshine and riot police, which we'll get to in a moment. So I prefer going countryside, you know. 
I like to wake up and see fields of green and trees and no sound except birds chirping, cows farting, that kind of thing. And I like to cook in like a, a country homestead, cook some slow cooked, you know, pasta sauce or something, cook it all day, drink red wine with my wife and my dogs, patting my dog, maybe a spit roast or something and just kick back and put my feet up and watch the sun rise and the sun set. That's my, that's my shit. That's my jam. So Easter holidays, ladies and gentlemen, one of the expenses that always comes with Easter holidays is, of course, putting petrol in the car. So thank God, thank, thank God for coronavirus bringing the petrol bill down to decades old prices. All of a sudden, I'm happy about this pandemic. Petrol prices are starting to fall to levels we haven't seen in nearly a decade. It's a miracle. Let's go live to Natalia Cooper, who's at Fairfield for us. And Natalia, just how cheap is it? How cheap is it, Natalia? Really cheap, Georgie. Here it. <laughs> I was about to make a comment and say how attractive our, our news reporters are in this country. But I guess, you know, there's trade-offs, right? <laughs> how cheap is it? Really cheap. Okay, thank you. Thanks for the report. Really cheap, Georgie. Here at Apex in Villawood, E10 is 85.9 cents a litre. And there's actually a cluster of petrol stations in... To put that in perspective, I don't get E10, I get diesel. So my diesel would be like $1.45 normally around there. So I'm not sure where E10 was. It was probably like $1.20. So it's probably 40 cents a litre cheaper, I think, around that mark. Western Sydney selling fuel for a similar price. You can see the average price for different types of petrol on your screen. And can you believe that some service stations in Sydney are still selling fuel for more than $1.50 a litre? The NRMA is hoping prices will fall right across the city yeah. over the coming days. The reason for that is that world oil prices have uh, plunged partly uh, due to coronavirus. Right. For motorists, the advice is to hold off filling up if you can and wait for those prices to tumble right across the board or you could come here. Georgie? All right, Natalia. Thanks. Thanks for the report, Natalia. So, good news. Good news. Is she, <laughs> Amber in the chat, is she sure it's not really, really cheap? Well, that's a good question. So, there's a positive, right? There's a positive. Always look for the positives. We've got cheap fuel. And with the Easter holidays just around the corner, cheap fuel is going to save families so much more money so they can buy snacks and treats and engage, you know, engage themselves in activities with their family on their holidays. Petrol might be cheap, but road trips are banned. <laughs> yes! Woo! <laughs> now i thought we just found a positive man what the hell is going on we just found a positive to the corona chad virus <laughs> fill up your car and park it in the fucking driveway because you ain't going anywhere son <laughs> plot twist <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> do you want to? Let's do that back to back again. Let's do that little back to back one more time. It's even the same fucking newsreader. Okay, you ready? Let's go. Petrol prices are starting to fall to levels we haven't seen in nearly a decade. Nice. Let's go live to Natalia Cooper, who's at Fairfield for us. And Natalia, just how cheap is it? Really cheap. Really cheap, Georgie. Excellent. Great news. Load up the car, kids. We're going on holiday. Petrol might be cheap, but road trips are banned. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. Oh, well. I I guess it's still a positive, right? We could fill up the car and park it in the driveway. Of course, uh, if you're going to fill the car with petrol, I'm not sure if that counts as um, an essential trip outside or not. I'm not sure if that counts. But anyway, you can fill the car up with fuel. You just can't go anywhere. Isn't that wonderful? It's a positive nonetheless. Riders will be hit with big fines if they decide to head to the bush or the coast for a holiday. Good, good. Fuck them. The law itself isn't very clear. It's pretty simple. Don't leave Sydney because... (laughs) Don't leave Sydney. Oh, good. Good. The rest of the state doesn't want you there. (laughs) We have become... We're the new New York now. Soon they're going to be... Like, New York is always ahead of the curve because, let's be honest here, New Yorkers want to be the biggest and the best at everything. They've always got to be the first. So they were the first ones over the wall. Okay, so now they have the National Guard going around looking for New Yorkers in neighbouring states, going door to door, dragging them out of homes. Thank you for coming. I'll see you in hell. So they've got them dragging them out of homes. They were the first ones to go. And down here in Sydney, we thought, well, that's a, that looks like a smashing idea. That looks like a tremendous idea. Coronavirus is a black light on society. Lou Ferrigno in the chat. <laughs> Don't leave Sydney or travel anywhere within it. Petrol might be cheap, but road trips are banned. Banned. Sydney siders will be hit with big fines if they decide to head to the bush Good. or the coast for a holiday. <laughs> even though the With the money you save on the cheap petrol, you'll be able to pay off some of the police fines you incur from using that petrol. It's, a, it's the circle of life. Everybody gets paid. Law itself isn't very clear. It's pretty simple. Don't leave Sydney because <coughs> the rest of the state doesn't want you there. Don't want My me. Loud and clear. You don't want me. I'm a nice guy. I haven't done anything wrong. I'm not sick. Come on. I, I'm, I keep a, I keep the Airbnb clean. Right. I'm not like a Teddy Hart kind of guy who's going to stick fucking magazine pictures up on the wall and shit. You won't even know I was there. I smoke outside. I take my butts and with me and put them in the appropriate trash receptacle. I'm a very conscientious stayer. I'm a very conscientious holidayer. You don't want me? I'm a nice guy. Stay home. Towns across New South Wales have slammed down the roller door. Slammed With the power to fine people up to $11,000 if they take a trip up or down the coast. Now, like I said, we're looking for positives here on this program tonight. We're looking for positives for this new freedomless future that we're being pushed into. So, you know, a positive is, I guess, if a number, if enough people want to make use of their cheap petrol, go on a little holiday with the family, 
uh, up or down the coast from Sydney, at least they can be reassured in the fact that their $11,000 fine will go some way to paying off uh, the $130 billion stimulus package. I think that works for me. Got to, got to make that money back somehow. Are you able to uh, get in your car in Sydney and go to a holiday house down the coast? No. It's very direct. Are you allowed to get in a in your car in Sydney and go to your holiday home down the coast? No. <laughs> Sydney is cancelled. <laughs> and if you do that and you've done that, then that's where you're staying. The law says right. while taking a holiday in a regional area is not a reasonable excuse to leave home, you are still allowed to move between different places of residence, which means if you go to a holiday house you own... You can't be fine. Ah. It may be that if uh, you have a residence in Sydney and a residence... So only the rich people can drive around. Well, that's fine. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. I mean, as long as the people who own multiple homes in New South Wales are able to travel freely between them, then peasants like us, we don't need any reason to leave home. <laughs> You've got cheap petrol in the car. It's parked in the driveway. That's all you need. I trust the government and I trust the authorities. Somewhere else, then technically, uh, if you go to that other residence, you may not be breaching the public health order. While it might not be unlawful, the government still doesn't want you to do it. We're also <coughs> calling upon the public to exercise common sense. Hospital oh, th this is very common sense. <laughs> very common sense laws happening here. In country towns will be overrun in hours, not weeks, yeah. if coronavirus runs rampant. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how long the wait times can be. He's, um, by the way, the way you pronounce that town that town name there, that's Mollymook. Mollymook. Up at the hospital, just with the massive influx of tourists that we get, mm -hmm. people are making the right call if they stay away. For the south coast, where the bushfire recovery is still painfully slow. You know what's going to happen too. So all of these holiday places up and down the coast in New South Wales, which always get flooded um, over Easter holidays, they're going to have nobody show up. And then the tourism industry is going to put their hand out and say, oh, government, we need money because nobody showed up. <laughs> ten, five will get you ten. <clears throat> of course, if that prediction ends up coming true, ladies and gentlemen, in a few weeks from now, maybe a month from now, um, I will be accused of relying solely on hindsight or just coming up with a lucky guess <laughs> because I'm not, I'm not you know, being faithful enough. I'm not loyal enough. You need to do whatever the government says. That's what real patriots do. Oh, this is the last thing they needed. We're probably experts at taking cancellations by now, to be very honest. <laughs> but <laughs> no problem here. This is fine. They get it. One is for the safety of the community here and the other is for the safety of our staff. The federal government had been desperately trying to get visitors to Australia. It even paid for this ad with Kylie. So see you soon then, yeah? No, you no, won't, Kylie. we won't be. That commercial has been shelved. Then there was $76 million to get tourists to bushfire areas, but the virus stopped that too. Most of the money, though, is still sitting there. It's funny, we'll, we'll, we'll go and stay in a place that is literally burning to the ground, but we won't be able to leave our home because there's a fucking virus in the air. The government will pay millions of dollars to shuffle people into areas that just months ago literally burnt to the fucking ground with the fury of the fires of hell raging around them.
We need to get people out to these areas. We need to rebuild these economies. Now that there's a coof, it's like all of a sudden, no, nobody's going anywhere. Shut the fuck up or you'll get fined. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I need to catch myself here. You know, that doesn't sound like very uh, pro-police state talk on my behalf. I just want to apologise to our new authoritarian overlords. I had I had this little fleeting moment of remembering what freedom was like, and I'm terribly sorry. It won't happen again, sir. I promise it won't happen again. I'm on your side. Who needs freedom? Who needs to leave their home anyway? Just terrorists, I think. Terrorists and communists... And traitors are only the ones, they're the ones leaving their home right now. People with something to hide. There's a promise that cash will be spent at the end of all this. Oh, and good. people will travel again. Yay. Don't visit now. Happy to have you and embrace you come Christmas. I'll even buy you a first beer. Chris- Ooh. I've had a little too much to think, says Kimmy in the chat. Exactly. So he's going to buy me a beer. The mayor of Molly Mook is going to buy me a beer at Christmas, apparently. <laughs> now, let's see what life is like. Let's see the experience for an Australian traveller returning home to 14 days of enforced quarantine, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this Again, this is the kind... Of, we're looking for positives here, right? This is the kind of future I want. At LAX, Stephen Christie's first steps on a long way home. Thank you, mate. You too. See you later, man. On the plane, Australians are spaced out. Some in masks. It's oh, look at this! A bit of leg room on the plane, huh? Huh? Things are looking up. I've always hated. I've always hated that feeling of being crammed in on public transport. Haven't you? So there's an upside. Lots of room. You could probably lay across the entire aisle if you felt so inclined. All of a sudden, things are looking pretty fucking good here at Coronavirus Airways. 14 hours to reach home soil, but it'll be 14 days to get home. Well, I really don't want to go into quarantine. I'd rather... Well, too bad. Too bad. We're keeping people safe. Go home and see my family and stay with them, but if this is going to help everybody, then so be it. Yep, you're saving the world, brother. That's the right attitude to have, young patriot. Arriving at Sydney Airport, Stephen and the other passengers are screened for COVID-19. Oh, good. Then in convoy, they're loaded onto buses under the eyes of the police and the military. <laughs> the military. Well, again, <clears throat> same thing applies to what we were talking about, the surveillance state. Um, if we've got this military that we're paying for, we may as well fucking use it, right? And right now it seems we're not allowed to leave the country to fight other people in their country, so we may as well have the military wandering around our cities doing stuff, making themselves known. That way we know that our tax dollars aren't going to waste. No more pamphlets, Winning TV, exactly. No, we've upgraded from pamphlet. We skipped a whole lot of stages in the middle. You'll remember on this show a couple of months ago when we were saying, close the airports now, quarantine China now, because otherwise coronavirus is going to spread around Western countries because you're still accepting plane loads of people from the infected area. Do you remember when we said that shit? Well, that was wrong. So at that time, we were just handing out pamphlets at the airport, as you'll remember, for people getting off the plane from Wuhan province that said, if you've got the sniffles, call this number and we'll take good care of you. So thousands of people coming into Sydney airport every single day for, for weeks and weeks and weeks. And this, of course, was fine. 
we handed out the pamphlets. So we've we've skipped a few stages in between, I think, because, of course, we trust the government, we trust the authorities, and they only have our best interest at heart, and they never get anything wrong, ever. Shout out to the police state. So we skipped the... <laughs> Thank you for the diamond, Gypsy. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Who did you steal the diamond from, Gypsy? Pardon my unpatriotism. So we skipped a few stages after the pamphlets and we went straight to guys with guns in army uniforms at the airport. Isn't that wonderful? Everyone here is exhausted. We have no clue where we're going. Stephen is among the first of thousands of Australians taken into mandatory quarantine. This morning, it was a rough ride, a three-hour trip from the airport into the city. Wow. We're still on that bus now. It's been... Who doesn't like a good bus ride, though? At least you get to ride around on a bus. We can't even drive our cars, you ungrateful bastard. Over an hour, and we've been stopped in the middle of the city for about half an hour shuffled between three hotels before finally he's allowed off the bus. Good. We couldn't get off the bus for bathroom breaks, for food, and these people have been on flights. We've been on... <laughs> Who needs to eat? Who needs to get off the bus to go to the toilet? I mean, you you spent the first couple of years of your life pissing your own pants. It shouldn't be that hard to remember. Flights for, for hours, some people for a couple of days, and they just are exhausted. While the army patrols downstairs, Stephen is finally allowed into... Ben K. Veritas in the chat. Thank you for the diamond. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? His Darling Harbour hotel room, a trip which took six hours. There you go. There's the positive. You're looking for the positive? He's saying this is a tiny room. <laughs> oh, God, this is... So small. Oh, you ungrateful wow. bastard. That's it. That's the whole room. That's more than what homeless people get. That's, well, at least I got a... There you go. There's your positive. Look at that view. Ain't that fucking beautiful, huh? What a wonderful view. And that will be your view for the next 14 days, sir. I told you there's a positive in all of this. <laughs> sure. Sure. You can't get out of bed without hitting your head on the wall. But who needs space anyway? Who needs freedom? When you've got views like that to put your mind at ease, to lull you off to sleep. Fantastic stuff. Uh, looking for more positives here, ladies and gentlemen. So we've got cheap fuel, but you can be you're not you're we can get cheap fuel in the car. It's cheaper than it's been for the last 10 years, but you're not allowed to drive anywhere because you'll get fined. Uh, but I don't think that that's going far enough. New South Wales residents could end up in prison for leaving their homes without good reason. Well, I mean, prisons are pretty nice these days. I mean, prisons probably, the prison cell is probably bigger than that hotel room that you're forced to stay in when you come back to the country. So there's that. I mean, it's not that bad if you think about it. 
I mean, the more people that get locked up and thrown in prison for walking outside of their own home, I mean, think of it, there'll be less traffic on the road that you won't have to fight because you're not allowed to drive the car. So there's that. New South Wales residents could end up in prison for leaving their homes without good reason. This is fine. This is fine. This is perfectly fine. (laughs) I would just like to say once again that I welcome our authoritarian overlords and throwing people in prison because they walk outside of their own home just because they want to. I don't see any problem with that. I trust the government. I trust the authorities. If you don't trust the government, trust the authorities, are you not loyal? Are you not loyal to your elected leaders, ladies and gentlemen? Hmm? Hmm? You sound like some kind of anarchist dissident to me. That's very unpatriotic of you to have some kind of problem with people being arrested for just doing nothing. (laughs) Yeah, this is going to work out just fine. Police now able to dish out tough new punishments. Dishing it out. Dishing out. Good, good, good. Fuck them. Fuck you. You want to walk outside without having a reason to go there? Fuck you. Throw his ass in jail. Fuck him. We don't need these kind. We don't need these. This kind of criminal trash wandering the streets. Social distancing. The state's police commissioner has also threatened to increase fines for spitting and coughing. Oh, good coughing. Coughing. <laughs> Don't cough in public. Holy shit. And the other smokers in the room just drew sharp breath. <gasps> A collective gasp went around the smokers' lounge. <laughs> After a spate of vile attacks. Spate. The riot squad roaring down the promenade at Coogee Beach. Ah, good. Walking the riot squad, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, look at this riot that's happening here, down here at Coogee Beach. Through the park, clearing anyone who's sitting down. Aided by local council rangers, mm. even young families, no one around them, asked to move on. Wow. A couple stopped on their walk to look at the ocean, also forced to leave. <sighs> and there you can see... Uh, the police cars driving around on the parks where, you know, people lay down on towels and children play and enjoy the sunshine. Yeah, sitting down. Yeah. Don't sit down. If you're walking from point A to point B and you just want to take a moment to sit down, don't. Because you'll go to prison and rightfully so. You know, only the worst kind of criminal would go outside without a valid reason to do so and then sit down in the sun and look at the ocean. It rushed. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. I see you in hell. Cutters Bay police cars with lights on drive straight onto the grass. Keep off the grass. Oh, man. You know, if people were allowed in this in this park, then the greenkeeper would be most dissatisfied with having to repair the tire marks on his otherwise flawless lawn. They clear a young couple with a pram and have a close encounter with this man to get him off his towel. There are now only sixteen. Whoa! <laughs> 
Wow. I mean, look at this criminal here. Look at this criminal anarchist scum laying on a towel reading a book alone. No one around him. Nobody around the guy. I'm glad that they almost ran him over. <laughs> That'll learn him. That'll teach him. Did you just yell at a government official, Boogie? Oh, no, of course not. I would never do such a thing. And if anybody from the police state is watching, just know that I am 100% in support of this. I want everybody to be arrested before they do anything wrong. That is the only way to ensure that nothing bad will happen, is by making sure we lock these people up before they actually do anything. I know. Henry St. George Tucker Bumper in the chat, exactly right referring to the guy who's laying on the towel alone with no one around him reading a book disgusting who does this person think he is exactly i couldn't agree more <clears throat> they clear a young couple with a pram and have a close encounter with this man to get him off his towel there are now only 16 reasonable excuses to leave home oh. and sunbaking isn't one of them those that continue to flout the laws that we flout can the laws. put you before the court for up to six months in jail. <sighs> this is fine. This is perfectly fine. Everything is going the way that it should, ladies and gentlemen. And I, for one, couldn't be happier. <clears throat> you know, like I said, we've had these ideas, these kinds of antiquated notions about freedom and being allowed to do things like walk outside or lay on a towel and read a book. Um, but for the, that was all just a concept. That was all a construct, you see. It's probably some kind of racism infused in there. I'm not sure. Um, but these are the kinds of things that in the future we most definitely aren't going to need because, as you all know, ladies and gentlemen, we trust our authorities, we trust the government, and if you express any kind of distrust, well, you're the kind of person that I'm talking to today because you haven't come to accept the new reality. You haven't come to accept the new reality of things, and you're probably somebody who just wants old people to die. You're probably somebody who wishes that, you know, I don't know, people had a right to move about without being arrested, without being fined. And I mean, look at the bright side. You've got cheap fuel for the car that can be parked in the driveway. Uh, you get to get a nice view of a, you know, you get a nice hotel room. Sure, it might be small, but you get a nice view of the harbour. But the main thing is for my American brothers and sisters that this only affects those other weird, crazy countries around the world. This doesn't, this isn't you. Is it, Rat Hunter, isn't Australia one big prison anyways? Exactly. So it's about time we embrace our roots. So for my American brothers and sisters, the main thing is that you need to know that this doesn't affect you in any way, shape or form. This is only in those crazy countries like the UK and Australia. Countries that don't have a constitution, countries that don't have a bill of rights. So you're protected. So you trust your elected officials. You've got Microsoft, you've got Apple, you've got Google and you've got Amazon. That's MAGA. Google is MAGA. So you trust your elected officials because they've got your back. And don't you dare say otherwise. Otherwise, you might be a traitor. You might be a disloyal communist. If you don't support everything that the government's telling you to do right now, why, you're probably a really, really bad fake MAGA guy. But just remember, it's only happening in the UK and Australia, and it will never happen there. 
Ladies and gentlemen, live from the D-Live studios with your host, Pookie Bumper, it's time for the world's new favourite game show, It Can't Happen Here. The UK, come on down. Come on down, UK. That's right, squeeze on through. Australia, come on down. Come on down, Australia. And, of course, our newest contestant, the United States of America. Come on down. You're the next contestant on It'll Never Happen Here. There we go. It'll never happen here, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see what will never happen in the United States of America, shall we? Judges are issuing orders for COVID-19 patients to self-isolate or face criminal charges. But in- <laughs> Uh, what? What? <laughs> in order to monitor them, Louisville Metro Corrections officers are being sent inside their houses. Oh. And jail union leadership tells our focus reporter, Shay McAllister. Wait, they're sending prison guards inside the houses of people who have done nothing wrong to monitor them to make sure that they don't leave the houses? Well, that's mega. <laughs> They aren't being protected. Mm -hmm. Today, fears became a reality when a Metro Corrections officer reported to work with an elevated temperature Uh and then was sent home to self-isolate. He is one of the officers that was in direct contact with a COVID-19 patient last week. And where where was this contact made, I hear you ask? Good question. This is the gear officers are given before entering COVID-19 patients' homes. Homes. A mask, goggles, and chemical-resistant coverall suit. But union leadership says this isn't good enough. You're asking these particular officers to definitely go into a confirmed situation of COVID-19. Uh, they should be swathed in head to toe, just like our, our sister agencies are, and they're not. Or... Thank you for the diamond gypsy. Where did you steal the diamond gypsy? Oi vey. Oi vey. <laughs> Or there's another option too. Uh, I don't know. This this might sound crazy. This this I think there's another option, but it's it's only the kind of option that one of those crazy anarchist, disloyal, fake MAGA, unpatriotic, slimeball cunts would say. Uh, they would say, "Don't send the corrections officers into people's homes who haven't done anything wrong." That's <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy ideas. No, no, no. We need to send the corrections officers into the homes of people who have done nothing wrong except get sick. And we need to make sure that they are properly protected against the the virus. That's the way we're doing things now. That's how we're rolling in 2020. Here's what's happening. Judges are issuing official court orders demanding the patient quarantines at home or face criminal charges. Then the sheriff's department delivers the court order to the patient. After that, the corrections officer goes to the patient's home to attach the HIP GPS monitoring system. Ankle bracelets. <laughs> so, remember, just trying to keep track of what we've been over tonight. Remember, in the UK, ladies and gentlemen, you have police in the UK informing people that they need to show up to court if they buy non-essential items in the supermarket. 
you have police in the UK telling people that they're only entitled to one hour of yard time a day, one hour of exercise time outside of their home. Because <laughs> we're in favour. Remember, we trust the authorities here. We're, we're in favour of this. Freedom was a mistake and we're better off without it. So you get one hour of yard time. Uh, in Australia, ladies and gentlemen, there are some positives. Che- petrol has is cheaper now than it's been for the last 10 years. Unfortunately, you'll be fined $11,000 if you use that petrol in your car to go anywhere. <laughs> You're not allowed to drive anywhere because that's an $11,000 fine. And if that doesn't uh, fill you with, you know, warm, fuzzy feelings of what it's like to be protected in the world of tomorrow, then you will be thrown in prison if you are caught in a park somewhere uh, reading a book for no reason. You can be thrown in jail for up to six months, which is fine. Just fine. The riot squad will be down to the beach shortly to break up any gatherings of one person or less. <laughs> so, remembering, of course, that it'll never happen here. It'll never happen here in the United States. So, you have people who have been confirmed as coronavirus patients now under house arrest in order to make sure that this house arrest is enforced they are fitted with an ankle bracelet and get regular visits from corrections facilities officers who would otherwise be guarding the prison but good news you don't have to guard the prison anymore because they're letting the prisoners out you see so we let the prisoners out and then we guard the 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 civilians (laughs) you see how this works as long as everybody's still in a job, I guess. That's the main thing. I, for one, welcome our new authoritarian overlords. And I don't think uh, anything bad is going to come of this at all. Don't you? I mean, let me ask you, ladies and gentlemen, are you one of these people that thinks that the government hasn't done an amazing job dealing with this? Are you, are you one of these disloyal traitors who has the audacity to suggest that your government doesn't have your best interests at heart and is doing everything they can to protect you. Now, remember, if anything does go bad, if anything does go sour, if anything does go south, just remember, it's not the government's fault. It's somebody else's fault. It was probably the fake news Or it was probably doctors lying to politicians that caused it. It's nothing, nothing other than that. Your guy is, your guy loves you and you love him and you need to be loyal. And that means never raising any points of contention and never speaking out of turn, lest you be slapped down publicly on Twitter and excommunicated from whichever clique you were in previously. I wouldn't want that to happen to you, dear listener. So it's time for you to accept the police state. It's time for you to accept the world of tomorrow. Do the right thing. Um, Washington State, ladies and gentlemen, which is in the grips of coronavirus, of course, as you well know, uh, the police chief, the chief of police in Washington State put out this message in Seattle. Uh, Pardon me, the chief of police in Seattle. Because while all of these things are going on in the world around us and it's a good thing because we need more people in prison but less people in prison or something. Anyway, we don't need freedom. That's the main thing to get out of this. I'm I'm happy to report that the Chief of Police for Seattle is focusing on the big issues, ladies and gentlemen. 
Washington State is no place for hate. In a show of solidarity between police and community, mm. I'm joined... I, I prefer our show of solidarity between police and community, which is the kind of solidarity that only comes when you get thrown to the ground and handcuffed and put in the back of a police car because you don't have a good reason to be outside <laughs> of your own home. That's my... I prefer that kind of unity uh, because then again, you know, I think freedom is a mistake and we're better off without it. So I don't know what kind of solidarity she's talking about. Hopefully it's not the kind of solidarity that breeds disloyal, communist, anarchist-like behaviour in the community. Washington State is no place for hate. In a show of solidarity between police and community, I'm joined today by Lori Matsukawa. Thank you, Chief. Thank you, Chief. Hi, Lori. Emmy award-winning journalist Lori Matsukawa. Let's see what she's got to say. You know, what is this positive, uplifting message for the world of tomorrow? Hate crimes have no place in our community. Hate crimes. We're better than that, Washington. Are we? We're all trying to deal with the COVID-19 public health crisis together. Good. If you are a victim of a hate crime or hate-based harassment, mm -hmm. please call 911. Mm. Exactly, Lori. We will document and investigate every reported hate crime. Even racist name-calling should be reported. <laughs> racist name-calling, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> yes. Yep. <laughs> They're very busy. They're very busy down at the Washington State. Down at the Seattle HQ, they're very busy. Uh, somebody is on hand 24 hours a day to make note of the racist name-calling you might have seen taking place on Twitter or out on the street, ladies and gentlemen. Why not just let them out? <laughs> exactly. They'll, they'll catch the corona chan if you don't let them out. Isn't it wonderful? So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, one more story here, if I may because we've got so much to get through and I might come back tomorrow and do a little bit more wrap up. There's more things that we can do tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. So I'll, I think I'll end it on this note. This was sent through by Amberlina. Thank you so much, Amberlina, for sending through the link. $20 trillion lawsuit against China. US group says coronavirus is a bioweapon. Well, let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. I mean, if it wasn't for Corona Chan, if it wasn't for the coronavirus, we wouldn't all be as safe as we are right now. I think Irrational Times, we're playing Family Feud in a uh, friendly feud in a few minutes if anyone wants to join in. So follow Irrational Times either on YouTube or DLive.tv slash Irrational Times, ladies and gentlemen. Good times, good games, good fun. Check it out. Coronavirus update. The plaintiffs have sought US $20 trillion, which is a bigger amount than, the China's, than China's GDP, claiming coronavirus is the result of a biological weapon prepared by the Chinese authorities. But we should be thanking China. We should be thanking the Chinese government. If it is true that it's some kind of bioweapon, which, I mean, you know, that's conspiracy theory. But if it is true then it's a weapon that only protects us. It's a weapon that has brought us into a new age of protection and freedomless uh, comfort, don't you think? If it wasn't for coronavirus, we would still have people wandering about on the beach, minding their own business, a practice that I have long been against. We would still have families getting in their cars and going on holidays, which again is terrible, terrible for society, terrible for the environment. If it wasn't for the coronavirus, 
we wouldn't be able to fine people $11,000 for doing absolutely nothing. If it wasn't for the coronavirus, we wouldn't have uh, police guards going to people's homes to attach <laughs> to attach tracking ankle bracelets to them. We wouldn't have that. If it wasn't for the coronavirus, we wouldn't be able to lock people up for no reason. So I welcome the coronavirus. I think it's wonderful. I think it's wonderful because it's finally brought some law and order into a Western society that is most desperately in need of it. So I want to thank China for the creation of the coronavirus. And I want to thank our Western governments for embracing the full response of the coronavirus, which is to completely destroy personal freedom at every level, which will make us all safe. So thank you, Corona Chan, and thank you, authoritarian state of the future. We can now all sleep calmly in our own beds and nowhere else. We can all rest easy in our own homes and never go anywhere else. And that, I think, is the way it should be. And that's the lesson from today's episode, ladies and gentlemen. Freedom was a mistake and we're better off without it. Yes, release murderers so we can lock up corona violators. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Now you're on the level. Now you're thinking like a real patriot. Asmodor in the chat. Now you're thinking like a real loyal patriot. You trust the government and they love you. You trust the authorities and they want to protect you. So do whatever they say or get fucking locked up. That's the way it should be, I think. So thank you so much for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, on this very positive vibe edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Freedom was getting out of hand. It was time to rein it in. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow night at 7pm with another edition of the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for your contributions of DLive, ladies and gentlemen. If you'd like to become a supporter, patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to tell me about all of the freedoms that you can't wait to, to take away, and you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. <clears throat> Don't forget to follow our friends Irrational Times, ladies and gentlemen, who's going live in just a few moments. JJ Stoner, of course. I'll be on JJ's show uh, this coming Friday night. You've also got Joy of Pesci. Uh, Nightwave Radio will be on later tonight, I think. Nightwave Radio, yes, Tuesday night. Uh, y Censored, UK Neil. Uh, who else have we got? Uh, the Iceman, double four, double three. Winning TV, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. America, the Bearded Truth. Follow all of our friends. Uh, I'll be, like I said, be back tomorrow night. Um, until then. Thank you for the diamond, JJ Stoner. Let me open that chest up for you right now. I'll be back tomorrow night at 7 p.m. The chest is now open. So until then, ladies and gentlemen, stay calm, stay rational. God bless. Don't go outside. Don't do anything. You deserve to be locked up. Freedom is overrated and you never really used it anyway. So be happy that it's gone. <laughs> okay. See you later. Bye-bye.